1: Prayer is a vital work of Christians. And the scripture makes it clear that how we pray affects what happens in the spiritual realm. And I've had, I developed a practice that when people come to mind, and and it happens every day, all through the day, somebody will come to mind, I just take that as a prompting of the Holy Spirit, that person needs prayer. Now there is a prayer habit you can grab hold of
2: and institute in your life today. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse. And I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. We're wrapping up a message today delivered to the congregation at Church of the Highlands dealing with the New Testament book of
1: Colossians. It is the task of the church to make this mystery known, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. And so it includes both warning and teaching. Warning is sometimes translated uh, admonishing. It connects with repentance because it refers to a person's conduct, what they do. And then teaching can be translated instructing because it's uh, connected to faith and doctrine. It refers to a person's mind and intellect. And and Paul is referring here to both. Both need to be affected. Not only what we think but how we act, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul wasn't interested in believers remaining spiritual babies. He wanted them to become spiritually mature. He was not only interested in getting people saved, but also leading them to maturity in Christ. You know, one of the distinguishing features of babies is they don't know what's good and bad for them. And that's why they require constant attention and protection. Just ask me. I'm a grandpa. I know this. And so one of the things that happens as we mature is we learn what's good for us and what's not. And and the goal of spiritual maturity is to know what's good and what's not. So we don't end up chasing spiritual fads and religious fads and things like that. That's what it's about. And you know what? If you're a spiritual babe in Christ, you need to Do the process of maturing so that you can protect the babes in Christ. Verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And so authentic ministry is is not just about suffering, it's also about hard work. Because Paul here describes it as his work, his labor, his toil, which means to work to the point of exhaustion. and and struggling, agonizing. And and, and the good news is that this work is enabled by God's energy, which powerfully works within us. This verse vividly portrays the necessity of cooperation between the believer and Christ, uh, that the will of Christ and the will of the person must work together, that we must bring our wills into alignment with the will of God. Now, to distinguish... The work of salvation is all of Christ and none of me. Salvation is all of Christ and none of me. But our daily task of servanthood is all of Christ and all of me. All of Christ and all of me. Chapter 2, verse 1, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those who lay to see you, and for all who have not seen me face to face. And so his struggle was not limited to the churches that he had planted or the people that he personally knew. Laodicea was a, a sister city of Colossae about 11 miles distant, and so they were exposed to the same doctrinal uh, perils as the Colossians. Um, it was a wealthy center of trade and commerce, and it's also mentioned elsewhere in the Bible in Revelation 3 when Christ criticizes the church at Laodicea for being lukewarm. And Paul said here, how great a struggle I have for you. So the picture is, is Paul is far, far away. He's over in Rome in prison, but his mind and his heart ached for them. The Greek word here is agon, meaning to struggle. It's the word from which we get our word, agony. He's in agony with them. Uh, the, The word here means to contend or to fight He's in prayer fight. Did you know that, that prayer is spiritual warfare? Have you ever wondered why when you want to pray, something comes up to distract you? You'll get a call or you'll have to do something or something will come in. Oh, I forgot. I need to take care of it. Because if the devil and his team can distract you from prayer, they've taken you off the battlefield. Prayer is spiritual warfare. And so what Paul is, is, is not saying here. Is, i'm thinking about you and praying for you it's something much much deeper he is in deep intercession for them prolonged times of prayer that are time and energy consuming and emotionally draining prayer is a vital work of christians and the scripture makes it clear that how we pray affects what happens in the spiritual realm that's why it's so important that we pray for each other. I so appreciate it when people come up to me and say, Pastor, I just wanted you to know I have been praying for you. Because I need every prayer. And I've had, a, I developed a practice that when people come to mind, and, and it happens every day, all through the day, somebody will come to mind, I just take that as a prompting of the Holy Spirit, that person needs prayer. Now, I may not know what's going on in their life, but God does. And so I pray, and most of the time, They never know I'm praying for them. But it's only very rare that I'll feel prompted to send a text message or make a call or ask somebody to call or something like that. Most of the time, they never know that they're being prayed for. But I'm praying for them, and I need you praying for me. We need to pray for each other. 2, verse 2, "...that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ." And so he prays for their encouragement. That's inner strength. And being knit together in love and unity, which is outer strength. Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All wisdom, all knowledge is in, not from, Jesus. And if you want wisdom to navigate life successfully, you need to realize that there is nothing more Nothing less and nothing else than Jesus. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Him. Knowledge is related to understanding truth. Wisdom is related to connecting those truths together, connecting the dots. Verse 4, "...I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments." For although I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. You know, at first, all lies don't sound like lies if they are well-crafted lies. Sounds like the truth. And these false teachers were doing a good job of making their teachings sound plausible and using persuasive tactics to cause believers to question their faith. The word here to deceive means to convince by false reasoning, to delude, to mislead, to lead away, to convince you by lies. It's translated various ways in the translations. Deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Fool you by arguments that seem good but are false. Fool you with smooth talk. I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after so-called mysteries or the secret. And then with the elegance of the King James, and I say this, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For although I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. He wasn't suggesting he'd had an out-of-body experience. He was simply stating here his close affinity with those believers in Colossae whom he had never met. And then he says, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. That good order describes, is used to describe uh, disciplined soldiers standing at attention in straight lines, ready for battle. And if you mess with any soldier, you mess with all of them. Because they're all going to pull together and work together as a team. And then firmness talks about not being moved, not being pushed. No one can separate you. That's what he's describing here. You're working together as a team, and because of that, you're not pushed around, easily led astray. Christian faith is something that we grow in, but how can we guard against deception and being lied to? Well, the key is centering on Christ, grounding ourselves in his word. We need to study the Bible daily. We need to develop a theological knowledge. Theology is the study of God. We need to know God. He reveals himself through his word. We need to stay humble. One of the things that I find is that people who have a lot of learning end up getting arrogant and unteachable. We need to always remain teachable. We need to be asking questions, lots of questions, and seeking the answers in God's word. We need to be praying that God gives us wisdom and understanding. You know, there's a story in summary here that was told about the days of the Roman Empire. And uh, the story goes like this. A certain wealthy senator became estranged from his son. There was a problem between him and his son. And when he died unexpectedly, his will was opened. And this is what it said. Because my son does not appreciate what I've done, I leave all my worldly possessions to my loyal slave, Marcellus. However, because I am a man of grace, I bequeath to my son one of my possessions of his choosing. And the son said, I take Marcellus. <laughs> That's the idea. When you take Christ, you get it all. You get the wisdom, you get the understanding, you get the riches of, uh, of treasure, you get purpose in life. Life has significance. And then you get hope when your life has run its course, when you fulfill what God designed you to be, because you're going to get to go to heaven and spend eternity. Everything is is in christ do you know christ is christ your personal savior and lord have you invited jesus to be your savior today is the day of salvation and there might be somebody among us this morning who hasn't made that decision but i'm going to say it this way the lord has been talking with you now when i say that it may not be an audible voice it may be you just are stirred within. You know that something's taking place, and you need to get right with God. Don't assume that you have it tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation, and I'm available after this service if you've got questions. And we've got some incredible people, wonderful people, over in the Hospitality Center right across the way there, that are here to answer your questions. It might be about salvation. It might be about God. It might be about uh, His Word. It might be about the Church. It might be about this church. Whatever the question is that you might have, and they are available to minister to you.
2: I do realize that uh, with a broadcast like this on a station like this, we are often talking to people who have already made a commitment to follow Christ and make Him their Lord and Savior. But just in case you're listening, you know who you are, you have heard all of these conversations on Christian radio and in church, but you have not committed your life to Christ, We'd love to answer any questions you might have. Just give us a call. All of our contact information is on the web. That's the easiest way for you to uh, get in touch with us. And the website is highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us uh, on this broadcast. Have a great weekend and join us for the next broadcast on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.